I just shattered that young man's dreams. I gotta go bust my nut and something. Maybe I need to buy this prostitute a drink, I guess. Because uh... it's like, ah! Just like, ah, 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 ah. Uh, Something's wrong. It's hard to do? Ah, no, 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 no. It's a little hard. Nobody smoke or drink a Zima. Dummy, he's like, oh, you think I'm crazy? You think I have split personalities? You don't get it. He's like, oh, okay, cool. I'm gonna finger you, and she's like, or, you know, do a weird, like... Or, like, fisting, you could... Hand job cunnilingus thing, like... You decide it's time for the uh, sentient evil creature dectomy. You know, this, this is one murder too many. With no evidence of a heart, I don't think. What are you doing to me? He says, I'm making an asshole casserole. Maybe I'll do something for you. He's like, anything? He, he has complete, like understanding of his body and the and then we go to the dick sucking scene that david wanted and the audience screams and leaves so it looks like he's doing it nude on stage i'm thinking that's one hell of an act right there you know the aristocrats we've seen it all before so let's reload on a very special episode shows that sucked and shows that flowed buckle up buttercup it's a puppeteer who refused to get the vaccine uh no i did not now they're really a ventriloquist (laughs) (laughs) hello dear listeners it is me your crypt keeper slash clit keeper Slash number one ghoul in the house, and I am here with a very exciting, very special episode. And with me, as is frequent in this morgue of life, is somebody who has been twirling their batons and is very ready to sing Camp Town Races. David bits an offer. <laughs> Didn't you hear that enthusiasm? <laughs> he wants it. <laughs> you know what the secret is? What is it? Giant tits. <laughs> I did know that. Also, a big dick doesn't hurt. Well, sometimes it does. (laughs) Also, in this ghoulish crypt, we have somebody who's a real nice kid, but we're going to have to chop him anyways. Good evening, boys and ghouls! 
You see what I did there was instead of boys and girls, I said ghouls because it's because it's scary there. Th- this is Austin Gordon. Hello. You have everybody. no presence. You have no timing. You have no. Uh, you have no skill. You have no material. Yeah, yeah you have no material. You know, I hate to do this. Don Rickles Austin. really laid into that kid, man. Maybe, maybe this isn't the profession for you. I'm just saying. That's what That's she what said. She <laughs> You're fat and ugly. <laughs> David's in the mood. He's got the mood. <laughs> I'm reacting to the Crypt Keeper, and David's reacting to the surly ventriloquist. John Rickles. I, I think I could be an insult comic. Like, hey, you look hey. funny. You'll never make anything of yourself. Fuck that guy in particular. Now I'm going to kill you with my deformed hand, brother. Oh, spoiler. No, that's cool. Yeah. You'll probably make less than your co worker. <laughs> I bet you're a poor love maker in coitus. <laughs> yeah. All right. Do you want to start over, no, Carolyn? No. This is perfect. Okay. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> Why would I? Yeah. No. We'll let you fix that in post, then. Yeah, are you sure the Are you sure recording's all right? Did you want to stop? Yeah, I am good. Play? It just has the, the propensity for background noise, but we're fine. All right. I know we're fine. Right. Play through. We'll play through. <laughs> So if you can't tell from that perfect introduction, dear listener, <laughs> we have a very special episode of Finally Tackling the Real Issues, which is Don Rickles and Poppets. How scary is it? How corny is it? How horny is it? <laughs> is it okay to be an insult comic? And what happens when the bit of your career becomes the whole thing? We're going to dwell right into that. It is amazing where we're going. We do have some big stars because this was an HBO show in the 90s and you can do swears. So I'm really happy to be here. Austin, what's your relationship like with Tales from the Crypt? I don't know if I've ever seen an episode of this before. Yeah, but I mean, it's one of those things that like, I mean, the Crypt Keeper himself was ubiquitous. An I mean, star is what you're saying. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly he as like the, the factor, right? he got it. He did. He did have the <laughs> he had the it factor, which is not to say he had the murderous clown it factor. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> I think he's probably um, a ghoul. Yeah, I know. yeah, Nobody probably. Knows <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, I didn't. We you know we didn't have HBO back then, and and I was not a huge like horror buff or anything. Um, but yeah, you feel like the Crypt Keeper made his way into the zeitgeist, and I knew that. And being a comic book fan, I was more familiar with the Tales of the Crypt, the comic book that inspired the show. Um, not that that stuff was terribly easy to find, particularly back in the nineties before we really got into like archival reproductions of things like that. And, uh, but that's a whole, um, there's a, there's a fun, well, not fun. There's a (laughs) intriguing and maddening story behind Tales of the Crypt, the comic book and its impact on the comic book industry and, and things like that, that, we could do a whole episode on right, that. Right, something but. about the Hayes Code or or being moral. Well, yeah, I mean that's you know people people like to to make jokes about Frederick Wortham and Seduction of the Innocent and gay Batman and Robin and all of that, mm-hmm. but really he was just used as a cudgel by the other publishers to take down 
William Gaines and his comic book empire because Tales of the Crypt and stuff like that was outselling all of their books. So they used oh. Wortham's concerns and the threat of congressional action to hammer together a comics code authority so that they could self-censor the industry and shockingly the stuff that they censored out was pretty much all the stuff that made tales from the crypt interesting and a bestseller and all of that and they more or less uh torpedoed william gaines and his company as a result of that, that so was some william losses going on <laughs> but capitalism the true demon i think we can all agree yes but yeah, the show, this is a show I knew existed. Um, I knew it was kind of a marquee thing for HBO at the time. It's got a catchy right. Halloween-y theme yes, song and whatnot. But that's theme song guy who we've seen on The Simpsons. Yeah. Yes, yep. Danny Elfman, yeah. But uh, yeah, not, not the show I am familiar with. Not a big with, Austin show, so maybe we learned a lot today in particular. And tonight, David, what is your relationship, if any, with the scary scariness of the Crypt Keeper and 90s HBO? Well, as Austin said, it's, it, well, and you just said, it's, <laughs> it's an HBO show, and I did not get HBO growing up. Uh, but it was in the 90s, and I did watch a lot of television in the 90s. Great time to watch And it TV. did go to syndication on Fox yes. in the 90s. And I watched me a ton of Tales of the, from the Crypt. High five. Um, oh, really? Yeah, me and David, I was going <laughs> to say, if you didn't, yeah. Now, I will say, as I'm watching it, I knew it was an HBO show. So I assumed the show was half the length it normally is. And the other half was all boobs. <laughs> and so while I'm watching it, I'm just wishing I was seeing boobs half the time. <laughs> but, you know, I still mm-hmm. watched it. But not like weird, <laughs> like grotesque arm people boobs. But, you know. Like regular nice normal people actual yes. attractive lady boobs because i watched that and they had dream on in syndication too now that one i know i was missing boobs but i assumed there's boobs in every tales of the crypt episode too at the time and that is not actually the case i haven't seen I, <laughs> I think they just get to say f words yeah 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 i mean i think there is some nudity every once in a while i don't know maybe i'm wrong I've been i haven't really watched the unedited all that much so. right it is too bad that don rickles did not get nude with bobcat goldthway if that's what you're saying <laughs> that, i agree that could have been a scene, you know? <laughs> missed opportunity um, anyway so no yeah. i and i'm not a big horror person for a variety of reasons which we may or may not get into easily but i guess that tells you how scary tales from the crypt really was it <laughs> Was not. It was not very scary. It was yeah. pretty silly most of the time. I don't know if it was trying to be scary. I don't know what it was trying to do. But if right. it was, it was failing. It was usually pretty cheesy. But yeah, yeah. I watched a lot of it. And I kind of yeah. remembered this episode, too. So. It does have too many <laughs> jokes to be scary. And the jokes are always terrible. Yeah. That's why we're doing terrible jokes, guys. It's a bit. Okay. as opposed to all those other episodes of ours where the terrible jokes are not a bit this time they're part of the bit just for me yeah yeah no um i don't think it's trying to be scary but i think it's trying to deal with dark subject matter and but at the same time to david's point my relationship with this series is quite similar i had some pretty big saturday nights because first you could do tales from the crypt then five minutes of mad tv and then you could watch snl if you played your cards right (laughs) via the fox syndication yeah i also didn't have hbo it's so funny to look back at what they were actually doing before they had the sopranos which we've discussed and i consider like Mm. a genesis of top tier television (laughs) 
they were <laughs> they were doing corny tales from the crypt and like what red shoe diaries a porn show mm. and <laughs> that's for you david in my mind, I feel like 80s and 90s HBO was, uh, I'm trying to think, had a much less budget, had a yeah. much smaller budget than they do. Well, especially now, but even like Sopranos seemed like much better produced than these shows were. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, this is like a horror show with like special effects. And basically back then, special effects weren't good no matter what your budget was. So I don't know how much of it was actually budget related and how much of it was just the time i don't know what you're yeah. talking no i mean about i don't bad special effects. i don't think you're <laughs> you thought this was all pretty spot on yeah it's all in camera david that's your practical creature work right there <laughs> like like when like when don rickles falls in such that he's like flat up against a wall that's cropped out of the frame so that the you know, creature effects guys behind that wall can uh, mm-hmm. work their magic and whatnot. Yeah, um, oh, that's how they did it. Oh, <laughs> no, you're I, you're not wrong, David. I think I think HBO made a concerted effort in the lead up to Sopranos and, and in the wake of Sopranos to like put legitimate money into their original content, mm-hmm. whereas prior to that, it was just all about the movie. You know get the hot blockbuster movies, put them on HBO, people watch them in the hotel rooms, um, all that kind of stuff. And so the original content just wasn't a priority for them. They didn't put the kind of money into it until later in the 90s when we had Oz and The Sopranos and stuff like that. And I feel like those shows are more predicated on we can show more violence and more swears and more nudity than network television. That's why people are going to watch more than anything else. Right. Some right. ways, the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? Because right. it's not like HBO yeah. doesn't rely on that still. But there's a lot of hog right. in Oz. I should check it mm. out. I haven't, <laughs> but you can still see Christopher. Yeah, Mike I mean, I feel now. like you could probably, like nowadays, there's probably people younger than no. us who grew up. <laughs> yes, they they are out there, not believe it or not. Cooler. Not, cooler. not cooler, but younger who grew up like with the Sopranos. They came after the Sopranos and came after the HBO Renaissance, and for them, HBO is probably synonymous with like, oh, that's the place where you go to get like the really good, maybe artsy, maybe highbrow. I may not care about it kind of TV shows. Whereas to us, it's like, oh, HBO, that's where they can say fuck and show a tit every once in a while. <laughs> like we said, art shows. Austin. I like the world I lived in, Austin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm not saying one's any better or worse. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how HBO has managed to kind of shift that paradigm. And depending mm-hmm. on like which side of the Sopranos divide you grew up on, HBO can mean different things for you. I mean, not that we're not saying anything that no one doesn't already know, but I th- a lot of that probably also has to do with the more accessibility of seeing boobs than uh, back in our day, where <laughs> that was much True. more of a novelty. Novelty. Right. It was much harder to track down as opposed to the bo- boob machine I carry around in my pocket now. <laughs> oh, I gotta get that website. That mm-hmm. seems interesting. It's called the internet. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> well, you know who else internet. loves the internet and the intrigue of online shopping? The worst puppety man in the world himself. The icon. <laughs> the man. The myth. The legend. The haunted skeleton bones. The crypt keeper. He just bought a package and he's going to open it for us, you guys. Wow. 
where where how does he make money like what what what's the keeper's <laughs> life like the bones are his money <laughs> wait but, but does like do online services i guess it'd be over the phone at the time yeah no right? yeah, I yeah this would be like mail order like call up on a phone except, and, like, catalog. And except bones like, he, he had to yeah he yeah does he have a phone in his crypt he'd have to call up the <laughs> hack me warehouse mm-hmm which is located in Battle Shriek, Michigan, to have yeah. to have this dummy shipped to him. I do think it's funny that that I, who love puns, did not watch Tales from the Crypt, <laughs> and David, who abhors puns, is is this you know diehard Tales from the Crypt. Like the Crypt Keeper is just like skin, bones, and yeah. puns. That's his entire you deal. You're defending the Crypt Keeper, huh? did you? <laughs> really defending the show i said it was pretty cheesy i know fairness to david it's just kind of funny you think all those puns would have rubbed off on you through the years (laughs) in fairness to david he was watching the crypt keeper for boobs yeah that's true that's true imaginary boobs that i knew i wouldn't see because there's a syndication but you know what hack me schmack me where's the tits (laughs) i know Bring back the girl with the tits. I will get there. Right, we'll get there. They're not just saying this because they're just really Halloween horny, you guys. It's not it could be both. It could be both, it's Carolyn. Both. It's both. Here, look at your boobs machine a second. <laughs> Good evening, dear fans. You're just in time. Contents. One ventriloquist dummy. You won't see my lips move. You know why? I don't have any! Well, hello, Dickie. Would you like me to tell a tale from the crypt? No thanks, Desperate! Anytime you need any advice or a few tips, feel free to look me up, okay, kid? Golly, Mr. Ingalls, thanks. Not long. It's lovely, let's go. We still got our date, don't we? I know this great little after-hours joint. I'm not feeling very well. Don't listen to him, baby. He's never felt better. Let's go. (laughs) And where are you going to take me to? How about our bungalow, Toots? We'll show you our etchings. (laughs) You are so cute. And you? You're not so bad yourself. Lights out now, Billy. Okay, Mom. Lights out. Fire! Help! Oh, come here, quick! 
that. So, uh, um, to say, this is the Ventriloquist Dummy. It is season two, episode ten of Tales from the Crypt. And the Crypt Keeper is opening a package, and he's got a dummy in it. That's what he's up to. Yeah. Yeah, and no, we were talking about how he just makes jokes, and I feel like the Crypt Keeper went on the same evolutionary track as Freddy Krueger, mm-hmm. where I thought he started out a little trying to be a little more serious and spooky, but by the end, it's just end of the series is just nonstop jokes like what what what's the lamest joke i can throw out at you and maybe i scare you that way i guess i don't know right yeah there is there is definite freddy krueger vibes <laughs> to the crypt keeper in terms of just like the bad death related puns and things like that and that trajectory and because i don't think that's the the comic book crypt keeper is not sticky like this at all no, i don't, I don't think, think. He, ha- he does have jokes but isn't he not a skeleton he's like a melty man yeah he's more i mean that's kind of what they're going for here but he is much more of a like melty zombie type figure in in the old comics than than here where he's more of like a skeleton with a little bit of skin left on it and some stringy hair he just hangs out he's just vibing he's always you know propped up on something he he actually released a holiday album. I found that out on this rewatch. Do you guys want to guess the holiday? Halloween. It's Christmas, David. Is it Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> he has some R&B tracks, so he definitely does multi-platform stuff. He... Nice. Nice. Good yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah good hustles. for him. He hustles. <laughs> so he's got a dummy right he bought this like ventriloquist yes. dummy Dick the dummy and it made me think and i guess we should talk about it now because the episode actually doesn't lean into this as much as i thought it would which is like what is more what is the thing that was originally not supposed to be scary that became the scariest the ventriloquist dummy or clown okay yeah so all the childhood oh stuff, oh like children singing yeah yeah, um... I feel like clowns. Huh? Because I feel... I just feel like clowns were and are more... And it's always the same. It's like there's just one ventriloquist dummy that's used in any horror movie. And it's all, and it's the same one, yeah. which is like that wooden one with like the like the separated jaw that goes down. That I never right, and the rosy, the rosy cheeks well, and all that. Have yeah. you seen the Anthony Hopkins dummy movie? Because his really looks like him. Oh yeah, it's good. Anthony Hopkins yeah. dummy movie. I forget what it's Anthony called. Anthony Hopkins was was it a ventriloquist Hannibal movie? Lecter plays a ventriloquist. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. That's a good specific it's dummy. Silence but... of the Lambs. Remember, he has that face he puts on himself. <laughs> <laughs> just like the hand in this one. <laughs> Usually, they are just howdy doodies. Yeah. Editor's note: Anthony Hopkins dummy movie is called Magic. It's from 1978. Definitely check it out. I feel like clowns are more ubiquitous and thus their fall from fun, goofy, yeah. kid-friendly to scary is larger. Yeah, but I guess I feel like you can still see a clown at a kid's birthday party and you never see these dummies anywhere anymore. They, right, so it's easier for them to just... you out now, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Dummies have mainstream success if you count um, those, like, America's biggest idol person. Like, there's the truly scary career Jeff Dunham. Yeah. Although he doesn't use this kind of dummy. Though, no, yet. he made his own. Because like the, the furry Muppety kind, they, they don't scare anybody, right? 
No, but yes. Like, no, I don't know. They're not. Yeah, it's the dummies that are haunting. They just become Muppets, and Muppets yeah. aren't scary. But they could mm. be. Like, did you see when Kermit had fangs and bit Vincent Price? That's pretty scary. Yeah, it's still adorable. It's Kermit. He's got little fangs. He's Look how so cute, cute he is. Okay, you're right. <laughs> right? See? <laughs> I like him. <laughs> I mean, that's why in Muppet. <laughs> yeah, in Muppet Christmas Carol, they had to just, like, make a. a ghost of christmas future because like we can't make this one of the muppets no one will be scared of it they did some off puppet work in that if you ask me so austin you think that the it miniseries is scarier than this episode we're about to watch <laughs> right now that's what you're saying well that's a totally I different know. question but also but yeah but also yeah bad. probably <laughs> yeah yeah it is the, it the miniseries is scarier than this I mean, yeah these but are... not necessarily like yeah individually a something about a scary clown could be less scary than a scary dummy or vice versa i'm just saying overall there's there's two things that were in, created with no intent to scare people that have become like almost exclusively used for horror now and then i mean also this... like the chuck e cheese thing too where animatronics oh, yeah, have taken were, that yeah. new mantle there's always going to be something right Mm -hmm. i mean this episode is is fun and all but i feel like it's not that scary because as long as i'm not an aspiring ventriloquist <laughs> or hitting on don rickles i'll be just fine yeah and like i said they don't even really lean in on the scariness of the dummy itself in this like, like stay out of the cat skills and you'll be fine as far <laughs> as this episode is concerned well we'll see Austin. Anyways. we'll see what the price of fame for you is yet <laughs> The Crypt Keeper also said if we keep watching, we'll learn how to hack our way to the top. Uh-huh. And that, that, that's a hook for me, because I'd love to learn how to hack my way to the top. And... <laughs> it meant something different back then, David. <laughs> <laughs> Hacky sack. Mm. Internet hacking. No, I'm a hack, and I need to learn how to get on top. Right? Yeah. I think we're all well on the path. We've been trying years and years, and now we're finally going to learn. <laughs> but the Crypt Keeper doesn't care. He just throws his own dummy named Dick into the fire. But we go on to scene one where we have more entrepreneurizing ventriloquists, including Don Rickles, who has a bunch of animal-based jokes, including themes of safaris and geese and traffic. Mm -hmm. And he's basically just playing himself, but he also has a dummy, and the crowd is loving it. Yeah, the crowd really is loving yeah. it. I, one of the jokes. I wondered... Yeah. I wondered if this was set in, like, the 1950s. And I guess it could have been. There isn't necessarily anything that dates it one way or the other but it felt very teen is the 50s so yeah <laughs> right right um, yeah it was just very like sticky one of the jokes was like ducks say quack quack and geese say honk honk what do you do when a geese honks at you you pull over and then the dummy says you pull the car over yeah and that killed with the audience <laughs> I guess people were just easier to amuse back in the days. Because <laughs> it came out of the dummy's mouth. Isn't that hilarious? America's got talent. <laughs> but people are really yeah. into this ventriloquist act, and they love it. Yeah. Especially this uh, nerdy-looking kid down in the front row. Yeah. Kid loves it. It's putting stars <laughs> in his eyes. Little Billy has never been so impressed, and maybe, just maybe, he can get Don Rickles' autograph later. Yeah, and Don Rickles is also doing his insult comic bit, too, where yes. he's insulting me. Which has always been an interesting comedic tact as well, but I don't know. It, it, it worked. I feel like hey, that's you, a better tact than ventriloquism, <laughs> but here we are. Hey, 
いるドゥドゥオーダース。そう、over, over this sequence they were playing the, like, the credits and whatnot and、uh, this episode had listed as its producers、uh, Richard Donner who we'll talk about again later Joel Silver and Robert Zemeckis and I mean, even more so than like the cast that's in some of these, like that's a pretty powerhouse, like 80s powerhouse production team going on like there. Like wings of producers. Right? I mean, you've got the Lethal Weapon guy,、oh. you've got Joel Silver that did, like, that produced Die Hard, everything from like Die Hard to The、wow. Matrix, and Robert Zemeckis is, I mean, this is his heyday between Back to the Future and, and、uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit,、Which? and it's. Yeah. A murderer's yeah. row, and they're on HBO to slum around with Don Rickles and Bobcat Goldthwait. The murderer's row! <laughs> <laughs> and they do credit,、um, they credit William Gaines and the Tales of the Crypt comic, which made me wonder if this was adapted from a specific story. I, I, I don't know how often yeah, they, they did. They probably owe rights just off the name in general, right? Well, I'm, I'm sure they do, but I, at the same time, I'm like, they probably adapted some of the comic book、yeah. stories, I would think, but I don't know. And yeah, I think they do adapt most of the stories. Maybe not all of them. It's, it's great fun. And、um, it's so fun to see Don Rickles do his thing, even if he is just doing his thing. He's not, we don't really believe that he can do a ventriloquism act. He doesn't have to. He just. Calls the guy fat, and we love it. It's great to see him. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to be called fat? It's great. RIP. By Don Rickles, I mean,、He's、sure.、Uh, I should say that I got to see him once when he was old. He did a bit at a casino. I got to go with some buddies. Oh. I got to meet him backstage, you guys. He was really nice. No, he didn't hit Did、him. you get his autograph and then track him down 15 <laughs> years later when you were an aspiring I comic? I didn't get his autograph. I have not tracked him down. I think he passed away. He didn't even hit on me. He was so sweet. I was with people. He was no Gallagher. He was no Gallagher. He was a gentleman. He didn't give. Wow, there's a deep cut, David. Yeah, Gallagher had creepy eyes, and John Rickles was just so sweet. He was so on. He did like an hour show roasting old people at a casino, but he was older and it was great. I didn't get roasted. But I met him with a group after stage and he just was nice and signed things. And you know, he looked like a good six inches smaller backstage because he was just、oh, yeah. a little、oh, yeah. tired. It was only a couple years before he actually passed, but he could still go up on stage and do the whole thing. So he is a force to behold. I'm very lucky to have gotten to see him, get his little autograph in his book I bought. It was great. 10 out of 10. That's why we did this episode. Episode over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you did this episode because it involves puppets, and that's become kind of、right. your yeah, sub, sub ouvoir <laughs> in, in our little show、I'm、here. Chasing down the puppety men. Who do you think is more terrible? Don Rickles' is Mort or fucking Alf? <laughs> or Scorch? Or Scorch, or... Scorch is a gentleman compared to the rest. Speaking of Don Rickles calling people fat. Mm hmm. I think he says somebody is so fat he wants to put stripes on their face and roll them down the beach for a half hour. Okay. Yes, he does、like、say that. Ball, could, I guess. could someone explain that to me? Have you ever played I... with a beach ball on the beach? <laughs> I so it's a beach ball joke?、Mm-hmm. That's it? I think so, yeah. I, guess... I usually like, hit it in the air and not roll it on the beach.、Yeah, I, I guess. That just doesn't hit with us anymore. <laughs> We are too yeah, maybe. With frisbees now? Yeah. Yeah, none of the jokes are great, but it's just the way he yells at people. I really like it. <laughs> just so endearing. 
little baby Billy does go backstage and he does get an autograph, just like me, and it's really nice. Mm. And he's like, I love you, you're just good stand up for He's like, and the showgirl says that he should be a doctor, which is great, instead of going to show business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's his mom, right? The showgirl says doctor, and then the mom says, we gotta go. Mm-hmm. So all the ladies are poo-pooing the career. But the boys <laughs> are getting together, and Rickles, whose name is Ingles in this, but I'm going to call him Rickles the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah Bobcat yeah. and uh, Bobcat Rickles. Rickles. Right. Rickles right. is like, you can come see me in 20 years through your act. He's like, wow, really, gee whiz, and they gotta go. And then later, the little boy, Billy Bobcat, is trying to go well, to bed, but he's got dreams well, of ventriloquism. So then, yes. well, Don Rickles goes backstage, and then the lady comes in. Yes. And it's like, let's go out, and Don Rickles is like, I'm not feeling so good. And then the puppet's like, but I want to fuck you right now. And she's like, oh, you. <laughs> and, like, one thing this episode is teaching me is that if you want the pussy... Ventriloquism is the way to go, right? The There's, women. like, four different women that are, like, tripping over themselves to yeah. get with Don Rickles now and, like, 20 years later when he's even <laughs> he's older. the same, though, except for a little... Well, fair, yeah, no, they, yeah. A prostitute, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The second right, one is right. a prostitute. Yeah. 100% a prostitute, yes. the first one. We don't know. But, yeah, uh, well, Rickles slays puss, David. Get a dummy. <laughs> Call someone fat. You are golden. <laughs> oh, he's like the original pickup artist, huh? Like nagging. <laughs> yeah, he's nagging <laughs> all those women in the audience are just like, "Oh my god, he's so insulting." <laughs> mean to me later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the ladies all hot. To be for... fair, there's another scene with the, the bobcat where the ladies all into it for a moment until. Well, yeah, that's true. Them. Never forget. Yeah. Saying, apparently, ventriloquism—it's the way. It's the key to slay. Now we know. Hi, Mr. Inks. Hello, sir. You probably... No. Hi, sir. You probably don't remember me. My name is um, Billy Goldman. Um, I met you a long time ago. Mr. Ingalls, sir, you probably don't remember me, but my name is Billy Goldman. I have been driving for three days. I am not leaving until you talk to me. My name is Tim. Hi, Can money come out and play? Oh, shit. Hey, hey, what's on your mind? Make your point. You said I could look you up. Oh, yeah? Well, um, this was 15 years ago. I was 11 years old. Oh, he's got a memory like an elephant. How lucky can you get? I was there. I, I saw your last performance. Some memories are better than others. I'm not even sure how the fire started. All I know was I lost everything that night. Everything. Couldn't you operate on Morty when you left here? Left, left, left. That's good for opening doors and swatting flies. This is the hand. Wow. Is that Morty? Can I, I want to... No, hey, hey, don't touch that. Leave it alone, will you? He's retired, like me. What is it with you? What do you want from me? Tomorrow's uh, amateur night at the oh, nautical club. God, who gives it? I wanted my first time in front of an audience to be on the very same stage that I saw you perform. I was hoping that maybe you'd come by and, uh, and give me uh, your critique, you know, and give you some pointers. I don't go out much. Yeah, well. 
Mr. Ingalls, ever since I saw you that night, you've been my idol. Because of you, all I've ever wanted to be is a ventriloquist. I gotta know if I've got what it takes. Only you can tell me that. Hey, kid. Billy. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. What do you think, Morty? So yeah, yeah um, Rickles. I learned too late in life, right? Rickles does not seem one hundred percent into it, but his dummy is always at a hundred percent horned up. Maybe we'll explore <laughs> why later, but maybe we won't. Mm. But it seems like, well, maybe they're gonna hook up. So then later, little baby Billy Bobcat is in bed and he's practicing ventriloquisms under his breath, and then his mom mm-hmm. shuts him up, makes him go to bed. But he looks out the window, and all of a sudden, in the dolphin cabins, a terrible fire starts. Oh, no, what? So, yeah. And so I guess, is the idea supposed to be that this is like a resort (laughs) that Rickles is performing at, and then Billy and his family or his mom are, like, staying at a cabin? I don't know if he just lived next to this place, and I'm like, why didn't he seen Rickles before? Yeah, it's just like, why are you, why can you see from your window where this, like, house is starting right. on fire is i'm very confused it's really efficient and it's pretty confusing how we spend most of our scenes like right near the club and the cabins mm-hmm. and yeah to your guys's point i am going to say yes this is a dolphin because they have neon dolphins by the cabins it's a dolphin slash ventriloquism mm-hmm. comedy resort and you pay to live in an apartment cabin for a week and see all the comedy you can and they get screwed when it's amateur night yeah <laughs> that's when they let everybody finally come up and do it but they can't do it this year because there's a terrible fire and that's bad mm-hmm. then all of a sudden 15 years later <laughs> we're driving a really dumpy car and we park our dumpy car by a dumpy house and we are now mm-hmm. full-grown bobcat Gothwaite. Yeah, it is Bobcat Goldthwait! He doesn't really do his voice in this. Except when he's doing ventriloquism, I suppose. He is. It's, all, it's always there. I'm not doing yeah, it, but you know what it's like. Yeah, it's hard. It's a little hard. It's hard to do. No, 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 You might be the uh, host. Get, I'm uh, not to Yoda. No. Yoda by way of Kermit. No technique? It's... Nothing. Mm-hmm. No, nope. yeah, exactly. it's gravelly. There's like a graveliness yeah, to it. I don't know. No, I'm still Yoda. <laughs> well, well, then you get Yoda. You could start dipping into Kermit the Frog. And, right. Like, this is right. why he's a star. He he always worked yeah. that thin edge about being extra cartoony. And I have a behind mm-hmm. the scenes on Bobcat as well. <laughs> tiny one mm-hmm. i have a friend who worked for our all weekly and interviewed him about some project he does movies and books and says that like before he gives the interview he just does a normal voice but then when he's on he turns on that bobcat throat thing so if you're wondering mm-hmm. oh really it's all a bit he's living the bit interesting he's living the bit. He's living but i feel like he's yeah because he's pretty he has he's too. he certainly has i saw a movie i can't remember the name but it was really funny and bobcat so it was like a bunch of comedians being mean to each other in real life and on film. And they like tricked one hack comedian into thinking that they were making a whole movie 
And then the movie was the process of the movie. And Bobcat played mm-hmm. the director in that, who, like, he spoke in a megaphone, but he was always whispering. He never did the voice <laughs> once. And so they were playing it real for the one comedian, but it's a joke to everybody else. Pretty good stuff. Fairly recent. Editor's note, that film is called Windy City Heat. came out in 2003. Very funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What was the Fox sitcom he ended up yeah, on, David? Yeah, Bunny? No. Uh, yeah, that one was Happily... Unhappily ever after. Unhappily ever after. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He played like a rabbit or something that lived in the basement or something. A dust bunny. He was married with children with a puppet. I think is the. (laughs) Yeah. On Clark. That was pretty much it. So the puppety men are strong with Bobcat. He's that guy. Yeah, it's true. And he's rolling up on these cabins. He knocks at the door, and I. (laughs) This is when it's an HBO show, and he's like, "Can." My my puppet wants to know if your puppet can come out to play. And Mickles goes, oh, shit. <laughs> Slams the door. <laughs> I mean, that would be my reaction if a man showed up at my door and was talking through his yeah. puppet at me. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try you, Austin. We're going to roll up one day. Puppet's blazing. Aw, oh, shit. Aw, oh, shit. So, yeah, we, we learn what? Bobcat is the kid, shocking. Yeah, right? Billy Bobcat, mm-hmm. all grown yep. up. Now he's got a ponytail. He, he learned how much uh, pussy Don Rickles was getting, so then he's like, I need to be a ventriloquist, and now he's trying to learn his craft. But Don Rickles is now a recluse, right, after that fire? Yes. Yes, yes. And... I do like Bobcat's ponytail. It's very, yeah, I know. very like, this was made in 1990. <laughs> was this pre or post Police Academy? Is this after? Oh, uh, I think it's after. Mm. It's, I would think so, yeah. I think it, I think 1990 was when Police it came Academy out. Police Academy would be his big arrival, yes. In 1984, and this Tales from the Crypt is from 1990. Mm. So, yeah. Because he was in that, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is June of 1990. perfect year, 1990, when you have a ponytail. So he's, like, (laughs) rifling through all of Don Rickles' stuff, and he's trying to touch his puppet, and he's like, whoa, 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 this is the first date, kid. (laughs) Not a euphemism. like, oh, there's all this history, a lot of great memory, and the first thing he picks up is a newspaper about a deadly fire that well, why does he have to frame it on the wall if he doesn't want to talk about it? <laughs> I got it. like a lot of great memory. Anyway. Got a lot of bad memories, and this is when you might notice that Don Rickles has a little dish towel paw. He's got some yeah. injury, ventriloquist injured, lady dead of the fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he burned his hand and he can no longer be a ventriloquist. And he's a really sour old man, which makes it hard for Billy to get feedback on his ventriloquism moxie. But he does invite him to amateur night. And after much touching and yelling and a really emotional speech, maybe, just maybe, big boy Don Rickles will come see the show. Yeah, I feel like the advice he needs is don't become a ventriloquist. But I guess he kind of gets that advice. But I feel like that's just general advice for anybody. It's <laughs> Don't be a ventriloquist. How's anybody going to get laid, David? <laughs> I mean, look, You're yeah, this guy's like swimming in it. I mean... <laughs> That is an actual plot point. We're not just saying it. I know. I'm just again not a euphemism. Like Don Rickles is strangely sexually attractive in this whole episode. He has an allure. 
Yeah. <laughs> you felt it, Carolyn? You didn't? <laughs> you didn't. Was it more or less when he had the dummy on his hand? Um, like, like, did the dummy turn you on too? Did you want like a threesome with him and the dummy? I don't think I do. Even though I was the only one who was going to invite Alf into my marriage, I think. <laughs> going to invite him? To. Going to? Without or celibacy, if you recall the terms. <laughs> you guys just gave it all up. Like, shit. <laughs> but I don't want the puppet. If the puppet's there, we'll work around it. I just want Tom Riggles to call me a fat dummy. <laughs> but I want he doesn't want that. You know, I already like to say it choked these days. It's like that. <laughs> Strange and intriguing insights into Carolyn's sexual right? needs. Right? Everybody <laughs> wanted that for Halloween. Just have some lovely memories tonight when you think about the possibilities. <laughs> so, so Bobcat Gothway gets some of those urges checked off himself when somehow mm. The Crypt Keeper slash Don Rickles himself does show up at his amateur night um, before we... Yeah, so it's amateur night, and so this is where you kind of mentioned at the beginning. The first is a lady out yeah, there. Yeah, first act. What? Going great. And she, what was she singing? It Camp was, Town uh, Races. Yeah, and then the guy behind there is like... And then one guy's like, she's good. She's pretty good. He's like, well, the secret is to have big tits. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> showbiz secret. That's... <laughs> it applies to so many different acts. Right? She's twirling batons and singing Camptown Races. Rather, you know, cartoon terribly, where it's not like that bad of singing. She's kind of speaking it to a bad beat. Yeah. It's like fun bad singing. But she does have a nice set, so we're all into it. And we also are pretty <laughs> into the, the glass fingering backstage, you know, where you make the song with the wet rims of glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted thing. to see her go on stage, and we never actually did. Bobcat yeah. was up next, and this this guy who's like, I don't know, producing Amateur Night or whatever. Mm-hmm. The MC. He's like, as soon as she was like done, it was like, you gotta get out there right now! And I'm like, I think the audience can handle like a five second break while he comes out and sets up, but I don't know. Look, David, when you show up to an amateur talent <laughs> contest, you have certain expectations about the quality of the product you're about to receive. <laughs> You're not going to cotton for any delays <laughs> for or lollygagging between sets. <laughs> for that 10-second delay while he grabs his seat and sets it up so he can sit on it, right? Like, everyone exactly. wants constant action. They say our attention spans are ruined right now. You should have saw this audience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the 90s was way different. There is no phone to look at, so there is no patience. We need it. Mm-hmm. They were like, we need this vitriloquist out here now. I'm going to have to talk to my wife. <laughs> Immediately. Immediately. Then, of course, his head falls off, yeah. which I don't know. I mean, that seemed unnecessary, but I don't know how much. Money. Yeah, Bobcat's dummy Tim's head comes off as he's getting mm-hmm. to the stool, and it sets an ill portent for the whole performance, which is sweaty, sweaty, and then, sweaty. And then an audience member stands up and says, bring back the girl with the tits, which is <laughs> funny to me on multiple levels, because this guy has a lot of audacity just to say it, but then I'm like... Theoretically, every woman has them in some form, right? Like, you guys, you have to be. Oh, we all knew who he was talking about. But everyone has some kind of 
Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. He was just saying what everyone was thinking, David. He was he was the brave one that had that had the chutzpah to stand up and say what everyone else was thinking. You don't use the term hero often. often that's that's yeah. correct. I don't like to throw the word hero around, but that was a hero. Meanwhile, baby David is taking it all seriously. Like, yeah, let the boob lady come out, please. Yeah, well, I mean, please. I'm sure when I watched this back in the day, I was like, she was probably topless, and now they like altered it so she's not because i'm missing boobs that's all i know right but secondly i wonder what they uh edited the uh what he said bring back the lady with the boobs the or did I wonder what the... yeah yeah right. i don't know i don't know you could probably say tits on fox i don't think so i think they would have edited that out but cans. really yeah it's a bad knows. word but it's cans yeah probably bring back cans. the cans could have worked yeah <laughs> yeah you know, they were fine, but it wasn't like her boobs were out. I just don't expect any nudity from the show, and now I want it, but it's not happening. I know. I'm just saying, I heard HBO show back in the day, and I'm like, well, there has to be nudity, and I'm missing it. <laughs> we could use I assumed more. all R-rated movies had nudity, too. I was. I just always Desperate. felt like I was missing out on boobs when I was growing up. <laughs> well, we'll piece them in here for you. <laughs> Put him right with Bobcat while he's talking about yeah, exactly. flying in from New Jersey. <laughs> I'm good and boy, are your arms tired. And, like, edit in more boobs. Yeah, the hyper boob cut. We'll get that. Yeah. Who cares? The, b- the bits and offer <laughs> cut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, think that, I, th- I think this could be a whole franchise of different, like, movies and such. Right? I think... Where David just goes in and edits in more gratuitous nudity. I think that was what Dusk Till Dawn was trying to do. You might appreciate that feature, David. All right. Certain Quentin Tarantino fare of similar era, but one step past this. So, mm. yeah, um, Bobcat's having a bad time. Everyone hates yeah, yeah. that he doesn't have boobs. Everyone hates yeah, his jokes. Yeah. Everyone hates his dummy. He's just fucking shit, and we just want to fucking kill him. Yeah, well, it's I mean, got some real. Uh, the audience like just immediately hated him before he even did anything. That so that's tail. not going to help things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, that's it's, true. It's got I some. Mean, I feel like I can be a good audience member, but if I saw someone with that ponytail, I might just like start booing right mm-hmm. away. Yeah, he had some real uh, uh, Joker before he becomes the Joker <laughs> energy mm-hmm. going on here, that's right. where you're just like, wait, is. Is this Tales from the Crypt going to be about Bobcat Goldwing snapping and going on a killing spree? <laughs> that would be great, and kind of. But they get what they deserve. Yeah, yeah you could cut in all these memes with this Bobcat face. And he's a great performer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fun to watch him fail. And what is truly more scary for this Halloween season than just fucking eating it at an open mic? It's terrible. <laughs> boo. Boo him. The boos <laughs> are applause from ghosts. But the audience hates him. The show thankfully ends eventually. And he sees uh, what should be nice is that Don Rickles came, but it's bad yeah. because his show's so bad. So this is the humiliation in front of his idol. How terrible. Mm-hmm. So then Rickles is sitting Wait. by the bar and he gets propositioned by one of those lovely, horny young ladies who's definitely trying yeah. to make a buck, but also Rickles is <laughs> just that hot. <laughs> you think she might give the money back at the end? Is that <laughs> he probably just has I mean, to pay in Werther's originals. He's so old. <laughs> I mean, it's not explicitly <laughs> stated, but I think she is a prostitute, right? Like yeah, you know. it was contextual. It sure seems. Yeah, it, it sure seems that Which, way. I feel like when I was a kid, I didn't realize. I'm like. Don, just get with no. her. She's good looking. I don't know what your problem is. I would buy her a drink. 
right? So at this mm-hmm. bar mm-hmm. at this time is a gentleman talking to a woman. And the gentleman is director Richard Whoa, Donner. No way, he's his own extra. And and the woman he's talking to is Mindy Rickles, Don Rickles' daughter. Wow. And also at the bar is Richard Donner's real life wife, Lauren Schuler Donner, who is a fairly powerhouse producer in her own right. Um, we have we we got X Men movies because of oh, Lauren wow. Schuler Donner. Um, so she is also an extra in this scene as well. There is so much we got, talent. like, one and a half good X-Men movies. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're, like, two and a half, David. Yeah, I know, two, two and, and a half. half. I was not thinking of first class at the time. So. Didn't Donner do the Gremlins, too? Uh, did he? Spielberg produced it. I want to say that was chris oh, columbus but right. maybe that was john was hulk hogan <laughs> he was a big <laughs> yes hulk hogan has some opinions about the gremsters that's for sure gremsters brother And if you look through the whole series of Tales from the Crypt, there's, like, all the 90s stars you can think of, kind of. Like, we have these two, which are the funny men, but you can also have Demi Moore or any other actor, almost. Yeah, Chris Columbus wrote Gremlins. Joe Dante is the guy who directed it. Dante and Donner. Um, Wow. Yeah. I'd be surprised if they showed up. There's definitely some Gremsters influence coming. (laughs) Um... So yeah, the lady, the prostitute, yes, the prostitute is picking up on Rickles, but he's here instead. First, he's just got to do a little something and break Bobcat Goldthwait's heart. (laughs) Okay, bye. Are you the evil twin or the good one? (laughs) I guess we'll have to find out. So yeah, after the hot prosy, then Billy, the sad sack, Bobcat Goldway comes up, bellies up to the bar, and hangs out with Rickles, and he's like, give it to me straight, how was I? You weren't that bad? No. You were terrible, kid. You were terrible. And he lays into him. He's got no craft. He's got no material. I mean, he has no chutzpah. It's harsh, but not wrong, right? It's not, that, yeah. 
Right, and there is something almost admirable in the way that Don Rickles, like he starts giving him empty platitudes and then sees that the what the kid really needs to hear is the truth, yeah. and then he just is like, yeah, no, you were terrible. Right, right. He does need to be told right now, because ventriloquism is a calling, and some of us just have to be drywallers. It sucks, but that's life. Yeah. We can't all get the sweet gig of ventriloquism, you know? Somebody's got to <laughs> It is a sweet gig. These women are throwing themselves at Don Rickles. Right? <laughs> and Rickles says that he knows how much that sucks and what it's like to see your dreams crumble to dust in your hand, which is the true scariness of toiling under capitalism and not doing perfectly creatively. And we kind of note Rickles' broken hand again under the dish towel. It's so sad. Mm-hmm. So, it's one of those things like obviously we're getting to it and like what the mm-hmm. reveal is and it makes more sense when you find out what the reveal is but I'm like I wonder what it is what does the rest of the world think is going on with this like he just has like a black mitten over his <laughs> hand at all times like, yeah, it's all burnt and deformed is that like are we supposed to just assume that yeah. it, but it's there but it's just all like burnt up and mangled yeah, yeah. Because it's not like his arm is shorter, like it burned well, off or anything. longer than... <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. Yeah, it's very mysterious. Anyway. It, you know, it said uh, Control Quest injured in fire, so maybe he, like, burnt extra material to his hand, and he's mm-hmm. just got, like, a 90s telephone, cell phone, cordless <laughs> stuff there, and he can't get it Fused to his hand. Yeah, it's glued there. They left. He's got a Zach Morris on there. Oops, you know? there's the twist. Yeah. <laughs> so a very dejected Billy goes, and he's just cracking his dummy's head against the dumpster in despair. That's well, it. And, but first, well, Don Rickles, leaves. yes, yeah. he decides yeah, to go buy a lady a drink. Winky, winky. Yeah. After that bummer. Something's awakening inside of him, and he decides, maybe I need to buy this prostitute a drink. Right. Shitting on that guy's career just like got him rock hard. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> who, who wouldn't be rock hard after that, though, right? Like, I just shattered that young man's dreams. I gotta go bust my nuts. <laughs> How you doing? So you buy the young lady a drink, and then we cut to the dummy dumpster demise, and we're just having a good thrash mm-hmm. out, and things are getting serious. Until there's a scream, and things are getting more serious, and Billy... At first yeah. I thought it was the dummy screaming as he is, like, smashing against the side of his <laughs> right. dumpster. Foreshadowing. <laughs> It's like, wait, is this dummy going to come alive? Yeah, I know. Well, well, you're waiting for the dummy to come alive. I hope a dummy comes alive. Yeah, the scream in itself is pretty funny. It's like a non-committal extra scream. Is that like Richard Donner's wife or something not committing? Because it's like, ah, 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 And the scream, the scream, we follow it. It's due to the prostitute is now dead in a car. And, and Bobcat yeah. has the weirdest reaction to yeah. this, which is to take his jacket <laughs> off and cover her for her modesty, I guess it is. Or like, I don't know what they... A, that seems like tampering with a crime scene at the moment, right? Like, but then, what what did he protect? Like, he's like, oh, you know, she's a little exposed right now, you know, you don't... Right, because like, she's not naked, much... Much to young David's no dismay, boobs. she's not naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's um, just showing some cleavage, I guess, and he thought that was... He's, like, covering up the yeah, wound, I guess? I don't know. blood. I guess that's what we're covering. But it, you're right. It's not, like, a, 
a roadside accident where anyone can just cover anybody. This seems pretty suspicious, especially because there's yeah. a gasoline smell. Yeah, my I reacted to his reaction of like, it stinks of gas. Nobody smoke. And that's what also made me think that it was the 1950s. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, you really had to make sure, like... <laughs> It's still right on the cusp when everyone still just smoked. It's true, you can still smoke in the bar here. Nobody smoke or drink a Zima. There's three people standing around. There's a woman with her throat slashed in this car, and he's like, "Make sure you don't smoke because <laughs> and three people are already like, oh. Aww. Like, the audience. I can't smoke. I was right mimicking that they are already just about to light up because you know it's the 90s and you have cigarette machines and you can just put a dollar in and pull a little button and it's a simpler, get your pack of smoke simpler time now everybody's vaping boo that's bad we need to get back <laughs> classic cigarettes yeah. i don't know get that nicotine and tar in your lungs the old-fashioned yeah one. it's better for you no it's not so so Billy, he gets a notion, and then he runs to Don Rickles' convenient cabin, which is just mm-hmm. a stone's throw away. I guess he still lives in the cabin by the fire, by the night. I feel, I feel like everything, every setting in this episode is like a block away yeah. from each other. Like, like it's just like the world's smallest summer camp. Yeah. Well, they, they only have like two sets to begin with in the outdoors, so then they just have to right, right. model everything after that. It's a really convenient an economical village you just comedy mm. club dolphin cabins it's a very walkable city creepy recluse right? cabin <laughs> else really exists those are the only two buildings i know of possible <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we chased on rickles down and what's he doing he's shooting junk right in his stump that's not good mm-hmm. bobcat's mad rashes and- it away calls him a junkie and he starts yelling at him about smelling like gas being a murderer pay close attention dear listener to the loose floorboard that bobcat goldthwaite trips on mm-hmm. as he storms into this cabin mm-hmm. i'm not saying that's gonna come up later but just pay attention watch out for that watch out for the syringe too so they're arguing they're arguing they're yelling at each other and yeah he's basically saying i know you murdered yes. and then murdered her but then just like you murdered the lady in the past too. He's yeah, calling out for both know. of them. Yeah. But then, who does Don Rickles blame? <gasps> the, the dummy. dummy. The dummy did it because oh, he's. We, in... No one, no one bum, saw bum, that one. Bum. I was so shocked that that terrible. <laughs> that there might be a dark secret with his dummy. Horny dummy is a dark secret, but we haven't seen his dummy Mort for such a long time. Mm. Even though we wanted to mess with his box, I wonder where he is. I have no idea. Yeah, and so then he's like, no, it was, what, Morty? I think that's Mort- what I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It was like, Morty. And he's like, and then Bobcat's like, Morty's just a dummy. He's like, oh, you think I'm crazy? You think I have split personalities? You don't get it. He's like, no, Morty's a dummy. Let me show you. And then I'm like, you know, once a person says their ventriloquist dummy did murders, I'm probably just exiting the building then. And like, You just go, oh, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> Uh, my fault. Sorry to have disturbed you this evening. Uh, good evening, sir. Go. And you, I better do. <laughs> yes, you gradually but quickly speed the hell out of the cab. I do not try to reason with the person that, like, maybe right, if I just right. show them that this is just a cloth dummy, he will understand that it couldn't have been the case, and that's. 
<laughs> yes, the dummy. Makes perfect sense. He will then be cured of whatever psychosis he is under. That that's not what's in the dummy case. And uh, well, yeah. first, before we open that little coffin, I do mm-hmm. like how Mort has the, he's an incel. That's his motivation. He's a misogynist because he can't get it on with women. Rickles says that, and it's like... Yeah, no, you're right. I didn't even think of it in those terms, but he's 100% just an incel that he he can't get with women, and because women are apparently throwing themselves at Don Rickles 24-7 in this world, he's just filled with murderous well, rage because he can't have them. I have some questions, but we'll, we'll go there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, because... reveal. let's look at this dummy, guys. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you learn that it's not really a dummy in the same way it normally is, right? There's no really contraption to move its jaw or anything. Right. It's almost like just a mask. We open the little coffin or dummy box, and inside it lacks a head. And we're like, what? That's spooky. But then, moments later, Rickles reveals that the head is... He pulls out the yeah, dummy mask worry. because he doesn't have a head. He just has a mask mm-hmm. because the dummy does have a head. It's what's under Rickles' sleeve. Oh, his stump is a terrible, malformed, conjoined twin. They're supposed to be normal twins, but no, it's a full-size Rickles and the tiny hand man. It's yeah, so like a bulbous scary. head with, like, yeah, tiny arms. Tiny little creepy arm, like T-Rex so arms. Creepy. How about this creature that, work? That's going to make your wax sessions really awkward, yeah, I can tell you that much. You have to use your other hand. There's just no way. I guess. but this gets us back to the question of like how many women was don rickles actually sleeping with you have to have the dummy on it like at all times so these women have to be into like don rickles plus the dummy right like and they were to be fair everyone (laughs) yeah i mean that's true if if not the dummy what was attracting them so that he so he was probably like if we're gonna do this i have to leave the dummy on and they're like oh we wouldn't have it any other way I feel like it'd get really awkward really quickly. Like I, I would think so too. I, I'm I, not yeah. sure how much loving he could actually be providing with with this weird hand issue with the conjoint thing, right. which I don't think is actually scientifically possible. But oh, what? See, I think, no, I think science goes out the window pretty quickly. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, HBO really ripped us off here, not showing us the full penetration sessions going down yeah exactly we don't know how how he made love and still hid this like horrible secret from we need like another 30 minutes of love making so we can see (laughs) him like hiding his hand using his hand hiding his hand dummy joke obviously the hand was there and could watch so for his like because then so then, like, so this bulbous head thingy that's on his uh, hand, that for, that replaces his hand, is talking now about how he hates how Don Rickles is getting with all these beautiful women, but he could never have right. them, and so he hates women, he wants to kill them. And so we assume that he was always there for it, so watching wasn't enough, right? And did he never right. get a feel, and he was never able to cop a feel at all or anything, or that wasn't enough? Or, you know, do a weird, like... Yeah hand job cunnilingus <laughs> thing or like, like fisting you could yeah 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 and, uh, i'm gonna finger you and she's like oh it really feels like you're yeah <laughs> right oh right right oh you're yeah show us the deleted footage richard donner <laughs> <laughs> come on yeah. honestly don't i think i think i think i'm <laughs> yeah not seeing like yeah, two hours know. of porn and i'm gonna find it and email you guys and we're gonna have to do another mm-hmm. episode on just the love making of this episode 
I mean, and honestly, you you knew the you knew the twist was com- you knew a twist was coming. Yeah. And I so I was trying to figure out like, is it like a burned bloody stump? Is this like a uh, an idle hands are the devil's plaything yeah, kind of I scenario? I I did not peg weird malformed <laughs> conjoined twin hand. So I mean, props to them for that. That was that that was genuinely surprising i had some memories of this episode and i kind of remembered having a weird malformed hand thing so i wasn't as surprised like i said Mm -hmm. i thought maybe the dummy would be alive too so some of these episodes all start getting mixed up in my brain too well and like the the alive ventriloquist dummy is such a trope of so many different stories and stuff that it's easy to conflate that Mm -hmm. and but I don't think you'll ever forget all that you saw here. Yeah, they go for the <laughs> bonkers reveal, and they do this in-depth mm-hmm. creature work, grotesque as it is, with this little stupid dummy voice still doing bits, and he's yelling <laughs> about how he wrote all the jokes, and Rickles is just a straight man, and he hates them, and he hates everybody, and he hates his dames, and love making aside, he's a troubled young man, and troubled old man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got this and, like, but he's like able to like take control of Rickles mm-hmm, too. I guess mm-hmm. is also he's important. Right? Like, apparently, he has like a weird way of gaining control of the body. I don't and know. apparently, that morphine that Bobcat slapped out of his veins was the only thing that controls Mort. So now he's out of control, and he's controlling mm-hmm. Rickles into chopping up Mort with a cleaver. We get straight to choppy choppy mm-hmm. time really fast here. Scree scree mm-hmm. scree. Yeah, this is where they're like, this is on HBO, so we're going to show you some yeah, gore. no boobs, mm-hmm. but big time chopping. And it's yeah. really cartoony. I definitely think there is a Looney Tunes influence when this terrible hand baby <laughs> yeah, is yelling and screaming and we're skittering around. There's lots of good snaps that happen in these action scenes. <laughs> Hi, want to buy a girl a drink? You look like my grandfather. I have a special today on family members. Yeah, well, it, it, it was terrible, wasn't it? Okay, it was terrible. You had no technique, no concentration, and no material. And you had no idea how to work the audience. Billy, I suggest you look for another line of work. Yeah. Listen, um, thanks for coming down, and, um, I'm sorry about the wasted trip. Billy, I'm truly sorry. I know what it's like when your whole life's dream crumbles like dust in your hand. Thanks. Can I buy you a drink, my dear? Please don't hurt me. You killed that woman tonight, didn't you? 
No, no, nothing. Don't lie to me, old man. You killed her. No. You no. stick of gasoline. You tried to set a fire to cover it up, just like that other woman 15 years ago. No, no, I set those fires, but I never killed any of those women. Who killed her? Who killed her? Morty. Who? Morty. He hates women. He's never been able to have a woman in a normal way. Mr. Ingalls, there's um, people who understand. Uh, people who can help you. What do you say? Crazy? I think you better go now. Before Morty tries to hurt you. Morty can't hurt me. He, he, he's made of cloth and wood. Nothing else. You don't know what you're saying. He's just a dummy. <laughs> you know it all, huh? crescendos of action culminates when Rickles is actually persuaded to be his best self. And instead of chopping up mm-hmm. Bobcat's bits, he's going to chop off his hand man. Something he should have done long ago. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he could have done that like after the first murder and saved himself a lot of trouble. That, how many you tolerate whatnot, yourself, but... yeah. I just, I mean, once it became clear that that's what was going to happen, I guess he just loves this, like, big fan of his that he's known for 15 minutes so much mm-hmm. that he can't, you know, be, this this is one murder too many. And, and then here's a little tip for everybody out there. Yeah. If you have some weird, grotesque creature growing on your arm or any body part, you need to Sure, sure, check. And, and it's sentient, and a sentient creature growing on a body part, and it's you decide it's time for the... Uh, sentient evil creature dectomy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> go for its head first. Like, really just kill the thing first before separating it oh, from your body. why? Wait, no, maybe I know. Maybe I know. What <laughs> <laughs> Wrinkles decides to do is just chop himself off at, like, the wrist. So, right before mm-hmm. where, like, the head and the little arms go. Right. Which he accomplishes, right? He, he chops his little brother out? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't know which one came out first. He oh might be God, the older brother. That came out first, and then the rest of the band. <laughs> I agree with David that he's the little brother. So he chops him out it's like a guillotine, and Rickles is finally free. But does he survive to enjoy it? Mm-hmm. Yes, he's just so happy he's free. I mean, in Rickles' defense. He's not a doctor. <laughs> he probably assumes that chopping this thing off of his arm is going to kill him. I know, but you can just go for the, you know, better safe than sorry. Go for the brain. Just always go for it's the his brain. brother. That's his brother, David. You think he could look at his brother's eyes and just drop the cleaver into his face? Yes. Fair. Fair. <laughs> That's what you got to do. 
So Rickles yeah. has a couple moments of clarity, but only just before the terrible hobgoblin skittering continues. And because oh <laughs> it has little arms, we talked about, which now can act as little legs. And one thing horror movies will tell you is little small things are impossible to deal with, apparently, because they have right. freakish speed and freakish strength for their size. And whenever I guess. you try yes. to catch them, they just go right between your legs, and they're like, Ugh. yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, so uh, Bobcat Goldthwait's like chasing this little head with arms around the cabin, and I'm, I'm like, I write down in my notes like, how is it even moving? Yeah, and then they give me like a a point of view <laughs> shot where like the camera is on the floor and the little headman is running at me, and you see his little arms, yeah. and they're basically it's like a seal on land, like uh, little flippers, oh and I go. Oh, okay. Nope. Never mind. That's how he's it moving around. Thank the, you. Yep. The, nope. The way that makes sense. Got it. Through the air and, and yep. pinpoints. Yep. Yeah. With pinpoint accuracy. It's called versimilitude, and we have achieved it with this creature work, indeed. <laughs> and this is where well, the first Chekhov's loose floorboard Ooh. pays off. Well, yeah. Well, the first thing that happens, we should say, is. The little baby brother jumps onto Don Rickles and immediately just rips his throat Right, out, for the jugular, right. like right. a true comedian. Yeah, There's no way anybody could stop it, and, you know, you tried to grab onto him, but I guess it's, like, freakishly strong, and it's like the jaws of life. I don't know. He's right? yeah. little. And we get some <laughs> HBO-style, like, flesh pulling away yeah, yeah, from his exactly. neck gore and the they blood spurting the out. I mean, we learned the yeah. same thing in Child's Play. Like, you can't beat a doll, apparently, either, so I don't know. When right. you're a small right. bean... You're impervious, and he's... <laughs> it's all the power of an evil man in a tight, compact I'm little just package. I'm a small bean, you can't catch me, I'm the gingerbread man, and he's just... <laughs> <laughs> motherfuckers. Just leprechaun, leprechaun's yeah, the same Same thing, thing. everyone see a leprechaun yeah, say, hey! Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he just he guts him. I love the squib work of his throat coming out, and how many gory uh -huh, tomato uh -huh. soup scenes does Don Rickles get? I think a couple. This is a great one. I hope they played it at his funeral. It was lovely. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to have the hot take that I hope they didn't play it at Boo, his funeral. Boo, David. I, I feel like they might have been a little insensitive to show that at his funeral. But Who you calling a dummy? Blah, 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 blah. No, it's great. And so then he's running around, and what happens with those checkoff floorboards, Austin? Yeah, yeah. So now this is where Bobcat is trying to chase him around, but I can't kill this him. This is high whatever. comedy right here. Checking. We do a lot of swearing. Yeah, and he's got a he has a he has a baseball ah, bat yes. for some ah, yes. reason, mm -hmm. and so he's trying to whack the little brother with the baseball bat, and then the brother runs across the floor, and he remembers the loose floorboard that he tripped on earlier when he came into the cabin. So he stomps down on the floorboard at just the right time so that it propels the little head up into the air like a, you know, soft pitch baseball machine. Mm -hmm. And he just whacks it with his bat, slams it into the opposite and wall. And he falls a home run. right from the opposite wall, home run, into a sausage grinder. And that's Yeah, I know, like literally the most perfect hit ever, just right in there. Doink. Right, so then he starts, like, now, grinding given him. given the size of this creature, you would think the whack with a full swing of a baseball bat would be enough to, like, 
liquefy its brains or something. But no, this thing's still like it's, no, it's very, no. very sturdy. Strange. It should be studied because it's very fast and it's got like a yeah. thick skull. It really is very. And it's effective. able to survive despite being chopped off from its main body. Yeah. And, with no evidence of a heart, I don't think, That's or right. like any way for like, and it, theoretically, Lungs. like it has, like it's just been chopped off. So like all its bl- whatever blood it would have had should have just like leaked out the bottom. But it's right. still going. So you we know. need to study yeah. this for science, guys. <laughs> so he starts feeding it through the through the meat grinder, and he's like, "Oi, what are you doing to me, you boob?" Yeah. He like, says, this actually hurts, and you're like, yeah, he's damn kind straight of that guy. And Bob, <laughs> I, think that's a, I think that's a point. Yeah, he's got a he's got a vibe like a turn-of-the-century newsboy, yeah. where he's yeah. <laughs> selling papes for a penny he's a pape. He's totally a newsie, and P.S., the musical score is very whimsical during the baseball It is, scene. throughout this whole Even sequence, during this, yeah. Like, meat saw, grinding I into I feel pace. like when he gets the baseball bat and, like, sets him up for that big swing, they even do some, like, old-timey baseball, like, organ totally music. totally do. I want yeah, it's so he's grinding him he's grinding him in the meat grinder he's like what are you doing to me he says i'm making an asshole casserole it's so good <laughs> like, it's, it's the best part of the whole episode like look at pop kick goldplay with his dry cool wit of an action yeah, hero he's on stage right <laughs> right like, now he's got timing now he has presence this is what he needs for his act that's his arc is that through the power of baseball, okay, I don't know how we got to <laughs> baseball, but through that we've learned craft and dedication. He's grinding this puppety man, and he's generating material in every sense of the word. <laughs> and this is when the little newsy homunculus that he is starts bargaining. Because he's like, mm-hmm. "Wow, you turned me into spaghetti, and that really hurts, boss." Maybe, maybe I'll do something for you. He's like, "Anything." And then we go to the dick sucking scene that David wanted. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not really that. I didn't want it. I just needed it. You know? just like, needed it. <laughs> it's called resolution. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I like good writing, and that would have been good writing, but we didn't get it. <laughs> just like sucking dick. That would be truly grotesque. I know we can all imagine it, and it will be in our hearts and minds. I feel like the physics wouldn't work out, but, you know, the... This whole latter half of the episode has thrown physics out. Yeah, nothing nothing about this homunculus has and physics works out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's so terrifying. He can do anything he sets his mind to. <laughs> yeah, apparently, because we're going to learn he did something else you don't. He, he has complete, like, understanding of his body and the powers that it beholds. Because we'll learn that. Because guess what Bobcat Goldthwait wants? Dun, 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 dun. He wants to make it big in showbiz, so somehow as a ventriloquist, scenes, right? Specifically, yes. Somehow in between scenes, they must have done some really shoddy kitchen surgery with I don't know, a sewing needle, dental floss, and bamboo skewers, because we go to the show. We're gonna be on well, stage. Well, he didn't like attach it to his hand, right? Like... Yeah, they used the hatchets to take him off. So what would they have used to put him back on? But he for the didn't. Surgery? I don't think. I think he was just he was now separate. So now he's just in the uh, dummy, and he's just kind of holding the dummy with. Yeah, the, the dummy's basically like a costume, and then Bobcat yeah. is like holding Mort, uh, like he's. Now a... you'll get confused. I understand why you got a little confused because. Well, so he's doing the ventriloquist act. have surgery it. Yeah, so we do the... see the dummy on the hand, and maybe it's just set, or maybe no, he is... No, no, we'll, we'll get to it. Okay, cause... we'll get there. So Bobcat's 
going to do his act now. He's got a new yeah. deal. And what is his new deal? It's, been, it's the same old deal. It's ventriloquism. And he's but, got Mort there. And it's going pretty well. Yep, yep. It's all going well. And, of course, a hot lady comes in. And then oh, immediately no. the dummy starts flirting with the hot lady. Hot lady's into it because... Women can't resist a good ventriloquist act. Is I what mean, we've she's learned. not that into it. She's a little well, like, she, stop heckling me, get on with the show. I'm she, just a hot she's lady. She's initially into it, but then yeah. it starts getting aggressive, it and then going. it starts getting weird, and she very much then is not into it. Good for her. You know, don't, <laughs> don't, don't, when you get those red flags, you just gotta right, accept them right. for what they are. Don't Take don't try early. to like, yeah. And, yeah, don't brush by them. But then, because then the dummy's getting really aggressive now, Bobcat is arguing with the dummy and at first the audience thinks it's funny but then it gets really weird because he's like you know funny. keep the women out of it I and mean, then about the... a meat grinder and the audience is like that's not a joke uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then the dummy says i've renegotiated our contract and i believe what we're supposed to believe is right now it's just kind of bobcat with the the, the mini x conjoined twin, twin doing the uh, doing the act and probably writing somehow he's able to like form himself over bobcat's hand and like join himself he just has like like, through the power of magic or physical like right yeah i was not at all clear like i got the gist of it that he somehow like fused himself to bobcat's hand but i was not at all clear how that happened did he like he just he just knew how to do it like did he like like, slide his lower body down like a glove because you kind of definitely happens bobcat's definitely in pain and then he immediately takes the dummy off well okay so then he rips the dummy off his hand and then you see like the you know the homunculus on his hand as it's formed there and he's standing and the audience screams and leaves I'm thinking that's one hell of an act, right? Yeah. You're saying the I'm aristocrats. Saying. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's how you end a ventriloquist act is by whipping it off and just having some body horror for the audience. And that's that, how you they're going to remember that. You always want something to keep people remember it, <laughs> to remember you by. Right? Got to finish big. I like yeah, exactly. how you say that everyone screamed and laughed because I actually watched carefully and it seemed like everyone just kind of was like, huh, oh, and like two people left, but they weren't rushing. It was just like I thought maybe a I'm slow, quiet disappointment. It seemed kind of deadpan. And I like at the very, very beginning of this scene, they open with the the scary creature not wearing the dummy suit. So it looks like he's doing it nude on stage, but then he is wearing... <laughs> the dummy concealment costume, at least for most of it, till they start bickering. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Austin? Was the audience scared or bored? I'd have to go back and rewatch it. I don't... Re- I, I was too busy being like, what did he just do to his hand? <laughs> to notice what the audience <laughs> well, how reaction he, how was. How was he able to just, like, fuse himself onto that There's hand? a lot. Let's talk about this part for half an hour. So I think <laughs> he had to do surgery and put his blood into the dummy's blood because he's not getting... Does he, but this does he was have not, lungs? Does the, he have a heart? What, what's he got on that skin flap that's the old guy's wrist, Don Rickles? What's he got? I don't know. I mean, I don't know how the thing was moving around to begin with, but it's very obvious that Bobcat was not prepared for him to fuse himself onto his hand, but that's what yeah. happened. Now, I mean, I don't know. This 
I don't know why Bobcat doesn't just uh, now kill him because obviously it's already getting out of control. But I don't think that's gonna happen. Right? Either. Like it's not that hard to um write yeah. jokes about yeah. alligators and to get a puppet <laughs> to go yik yik. Well, he already yik. has the jokes. He probably like written down. Now right? he can just kill it and do his own ventriloquist. Right. Actually. I guess I think the hard part about the ventriloquist is like actually throwing your voice and doing the mouth stuff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, frankly, that's a lot of the act. People are just so impressed with that that the that's why the lame jokes work, right? Right? And does that work anymore? I don't know. I, I'll be honest. It still impresses me. I don't know if the jokes work, but I do get <laughs> impressed when people can throw their voice. It's yeah. easy enough to cheat with technology now, though, too. Well, sure. I mean, that's true. It, yeah, that's very true. The non-cheating ventriloquism is does genuinely impress me. <laughs> you guys are purists, and you like it? You like mm. the old stuff? It impresses me. I'm, I'm, like not, it. I'm not committing to liking or anything. You get horny about dummies, David. We get it. It, it doesn't take a lot to get me horny about things. <laughs> I mean, it's just—it's one of those things I don't know how to do. Like, yeah, I know. I, you don't even understand the physics, or right? I, I should say, like, like, I don't even know how it works. I can't throw a ninety-mile-an-hour curveball, but I understand how someone could. But like, I just don't know how to how anyone throws their voice it's just bizarre like how do you even start doing that i don't know for the listeners at home we've all been keeping our lips totally still for this whole podcast (laughs) actually every time carolyn has talked that's been austin talking and every time (laughs) david's talked that was carolyn talking (laughs) every time austin talked it was a haunted orphan doll i got from a garage people don't realize this we're all conjoined triplets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to but to but. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't say that, but I guess that's where you want to go with it. I guess I we're wanted all, them we're to all know. butt triplets. <laughs> <laughs> Oh! Oh! 
I'm making an asshole casserole, pal. And I need the main ingredient. Ow! Wait! We can make a deal! Shut up! You know what I'm saying! Ow! I'll do anything you want! That's how it ends. Is just Bobcat being in pain and realizing he's got a thing fused to him. Mm-hmm. Yep, audience booing again. But you mean it, it, it ends with Bobcat realizing that he's ended up in a situation that's more than he can handle. Oh! <laughs> told you Austin was haunted. Well, the creepy part had some other joke about. If anyone he asks did. if he's a dummy, he can say yes or something. It was a really yeah. dumb. Uh, he deserves oh, so bad. something about how he deserves a hand, and he really got a head a in head show business. In showbiz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I guess he was no dummy. Yeah, he's, he goes for the lowest hanging fruit because he's a crypt keeper, and his bones will break if he reaches up. Because he's magnificent. Yeah, because he's spectacular. Yes. I'm glad he's won your hearts. And really, if you don't laugh at his jokes, he's going to kill you. So you just have to, like, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen him do violence, but I wouldn't put it past him. As a skeleton man who hangs out in a crypt, does rap songs and Christmas albums. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want to cross him. That's all I know. I would... <laughs> you wouldn't want to cross him like a gravestone. I don't know. Yeah, that that might have been even worse. Than <laughs> yeah. You got bad timing. You don't have <laughs> material. 
Uh, David, as we say, from one puppeteer to another, up yours. <laughs> I like that one. That one. That's pretty good. You need one, David. You need give us any pun right now. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> right now. <laughs> I can't even do a pun left now. <laughs> so yeah that's the crypt keeper he's happy as the clam and you know it so are we because we went on this journey together we met don rickles we met bobcat goldthwaite directors of prestige were there we saw boobs but they were in clothes but we heard the f word several times I feel like most of my life I could say I saw boobs, but they were in clothes. <laughs> That's what's on your tombstone. <laughs> Here's the story of my life. <laughs> David Bitsenhofer, he saw lots of boobs, but they were always enclosed. <laughs> hey. People will think I'm an incel or something. <laughs> no, you're not. You're married. You're doing good. But your gravestone will be sad because Austin hey. and I just bought it for you. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we yeah. think it's funny. Well deserved. <laughs> but at least you'll have a haunted puppety man to mm-hmm. stay in the crypt because you guys, they also bought us all one crypt together and I put in Scorch's puppet body. <laughs> because we're butt triplets and we have to be in the <laughs> Please inter me with my butt triplets. Put Scorch there. Thank you. <sighs> Goodbye. Put us in heaven or burn our body. I don't know. Oh, man. So that is the tale of puppety men and how it can go bad. I only thought it could go good to invite a puppet into your life. But it turns out they can really jam you up. This is the lesson we're getting over. I was figuring this was just going to be a tale of someone who was, like, struggling at something, tried real hard, succeeded, and, you know, saw the (laughs) success that they worked so diligently (laughs) to achieve. But, you know. That's amazing stories by Steven Spielberg. That's <laughs> not what we're doing here. It's opposite. Yeah. Well, gosh, Austin, what did you think of the specialness? And did you learn any lessons to grow on here? I learned a great recipe for asshole casserole. <laughs> <laughs> a different recipe. A different, yeah. A different recipe for asshole casserole. Because how do you source your puppety men for that recipe? Yes. What are you going to do? And then I learned that it, I learned that if you uh, if you introduce a loose floorboard in Act One, then you've got to pay off that loose floorboard in Act Three. Check off loose floorboard. Yep. Checking it off the list. <laughs> uh, David, how was the specialness here? What did you learn? Um, it was very special. I learned the struggles of conjoined twins. I think this is a very <laughs> realistic depiction. Didn't you already know in? that with our lives? <laughs> Sometimes you like to see yourself on screen. You know? That's true. <laughs> Representation matters. <laughs> and, of course, I think we all realized, I learned that uh, ventriloquists get the women. That's all Right? I, you know, no I, kidding. I did not understand that, but that's the key to, to the boobs is ventriloquism. Right. And I learned the key to showbiz is big boobs, <laughs> which is great because some folks got it, some folks don't. Yeah, no, very special to be here with you gentlemen and the scary, scary skeleton who yells at us, <laughs> does puns, and wishes us ill, and, and and Don Rickles and Bobcat, those are two premium comedian celebrities who got to do some body horror gore baseball 
puppeteering mm-hmm. antics. And that's that's just fun. Was it scary? I don't think so. There was one time when I was a kid, I will say that one Tales from the Crypt did scare me so much I switched episodes to Mad TV, and that was the Santa Claus one. I can watch it now without getting scared. They're only scary if you really want to be scared, especially now in the post-Sopranos landscape. But going back to the early days of HBO, it's still real television, and it's star-studded, especially if you count all those boring directors and producers <laughs> who are making that puppety sausage behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. The snooze fest of directors. Yeah, no, they're great. Yeah, I wouldn't say this was scary, but it certainly was disturbing at times. Yes. Yeah, it got a little weird, but yeah, yeah. it wasn't very scary. <laughs> Still too much. You couldn't show it to your children. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. You could it's all, show that's it. That's just more gore related than anything else, right? right. Yeah. Disturbing content, and mm-hmm. you know that a lot of star power, a lot of dummies, a lot of gore. Very Halloween. I don't know if it's as scary as Punky Brewster, but we'll still won't forget it soon. Well, let's see, Austin. When you're not twirling your tassels on stage. Where can our listeners keep up with you? Uh, you can find me dealing out all kinds of terrible puns on Twitter at Austin Gordon, and you can read my writing at realgentlemanofleisure.com, uh, comicsxf.com, and comicbookherald.com. And David, when you're not opening your packages in the bone zone, where can our listeners keep up with you? Well, always in the bone zone of some <laughs> sort, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at at Dr. Bits, Dr. Spelled Out, or at the real gentleman of leisure.com. He's committed to the bits because he is the bit. <laughs> That's what I call commitment to the bits. <laughs> and as for me, your host this evening, when I'm not cackling to the point of distraction from the cheap seats, you can find me on Twitter. I'm Carolyn Main, C A R O L Y N M A I N, like the street. Carolyn Main on Twitter, on Patreon. At Gmail, if you want some commissions, I do portraits. It's nice stuff, people. And for all of us here, happy Halloween from a truly scary present time from a very special episode. You can listen to our previous spooky things and other less spooky episodes at a very special episode podcast.com. We are on Twitter at ADSEPOD. We are avscpod at gmail.com, and we're on Facebooks, iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, Stitcher, whichever of those finer podcast vehicles still survive. Other than that, just dig around a graveyard, find some old bones, and put them up to your ears. See if you can hear the episode. So for all of us at a very special episode, we are here reminding you that if you can't commit to the bit, and you find yourself telling jokes with a grotesque sentient creature attached to you, maybe it's time to cut it out. <laughs> but go for the brain first. You know what the secret is? Giant tits. He's got it.
He had the it factor, which is not to say he had the murderous clown it factor, yes. I think he's technically a ghoul. And so while I'm watching it, I'm just wishing I was seeing boobs. The porn show. That's for you, David. And we can show more violence and more swears and more nudity than network television. That's why people are going to watch more than anything else. And That's where they can say fuck and show a tit every once in a while. So. I'm saying this because they're just really Halloween horny, you guys. It's boob machine i carry around in my pocket now maybe i scare you that way i guess i don't know i'm not feeling so good and then the puppet's like but i want to fuck you right now oh my god he's so insulting oh you the perfect year 1990 when you have a ponytail don rickles is strangely sexually attractive in this whole episode which is the true scariness of toiling under capitalism they were like we need this ventriloquist out here now or i'm gonna have to talk to my wife well it's actually suspiciously longer than you'd think is that like are we supposed to just assume that it, but it's there but it's just all like burnt up and mangled oops yeah Bring back the girl with the tits, which... <laughs> yeah, that was this AVSC on your home PC with some VIPs of SBTB. Was it Austin G, Dr. DB, RAT, or the C money? What the heck was with that TV? This podcast is kind of funny. Excuse us all, because we gotta go pee. That was a very special episode We dissected that shit from head to toe Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons Oh how we've grown Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode Next time on a very special episode